Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you'll be uplifted, empowered and revived by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ram Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now let's get into this week's message. It's a joy to be in the family of God today. I want us to just talk about the family that we are a part of, the family of God. So let's open our word to Luke 8. We're continuing to carry kind of this broad theme of being committed to God's commandment, his greatest commandment, where Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the great commission, where Jesus says in Matthew 28, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. And I love that theme because I love anything that just brings clarity to very complex life, right? So we're going to dive into just more of the um, missional and the community side of our existence here and even our purpose being in this room together. And so we're going to Luke 8 at first. First we'll go to Luke 8, then we'll go over to Matthew 12. All right, Luke 8, verse 19. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you. And Jesus replied, my mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and obey it. Okay, now I'm going to read this exact same thing in Matthew 12, same account. Uh, Matthew 12, verse 46. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside asking him to speak, asking to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. And Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. What an incredible truth that is. And I just pray that we can even let that sink into our hearts today. You are in the family of God. Your brother, your elder brother is Jesus Christ who existed before time and flung the whole universe in at the word of his mouth. This is this family. Now, often because we have natural bodies, natural minds, we're spirit, soul, and body, but oftentimes it's so real to us, vivid to us, our natural family, and the pain of that, and the joy of that, and the, you know, the um, experience of that, that we often just forget this glorious eternal truth that if you are a believer in Jesus, meaning you hear and obey the word of God, you're brought into the family of God. And now you have these brothers and sisters, just look around the room. These are your eternal brothers and sisters. So your earthly family, they're gonna, some of them may not be your eternal mother, brother, sister. Right, not everybody's natural family, not, not all of them serve the Lord, not all of them hear and obey the word of God. But Jesus has a family here on earth, the eternal family of God, that once you become a follower of Christ, you are part of this eternal family. And like any family or any relationship, to get joy out of that family, you have to invest 
time and attention into building those relationships. Because the family of God is meant to be a blessing and a joy to us. It's our place of belonging. We belong to Christ. So I wanna just briefly go through today some of the characteristics of the family of God and build your faith to re-engage with the family of God with a fresh commitment. We all need encouragement in our relationships, right? Because they take energy, that takes time, takes, it takes a bit of determination. Life is so busy and sometimes it's easier to do things than figure out people. So one of the reasons why we come together on Sundays in person is to remind each other of what matters most. And you're a relational being made in the image of a relational God that's three in one, brought into the family of God, among a company of saints, brothers and sisters that you're going to be with for the rest of eternity. So we come together to remind ourselves of what matters most. And your relationship with God and with people matters most. Your relationships, your love towards God and towards people, it matters more than anything. I know this is so one-on-one, -on -one, but sometimes, the, look, look back over your past week. And I, say, I pray this sometimes, Lord, just take, a, just take a spotlight through my week. Help me, God, to be congruent, to live congruent with what I believe matters most, with what you say matters most, and how I'm actually living my day-to-day -day life. Let there be integrity. Let there be congruence there. And so our relationships with God and with each other, it does take an investment. Because we have this, um, we're, we're having, as we come into the family of God, we have this whole mind renewal process that it talks about in Romans 12 and in Ephesians 4. When you come to God, you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what does that mean? The, the way that you think about things, when you come into the family of God and submit to the way of God, there will be lots of reprogramming. Because you're now not just in your little family culture of you know natural earth and mom and dad, but you're now in this kingdom culture. And it takes this hunger, this learning to then be able to adopt those life-giving ways. So we're part of the family of God. So the first thing I want you to just settle in our hearts, Lord, is that we belong here. You belong in the family of God. Now there's loads of verses. You wanna read about belonging? Read Romans 8. Read Romans 14, read Romans 1, read, read the Bible. Just read the Bible. <laughs> Genesis to Revelation, and you will see this beautiful story of everything Jesus did that was impossible for any human to accomplish so you could be in relationships and have peace in those relationships. Be reconciled to God. That means be at peace with God. Be at peace with yourself. Be at peace with others. This is God's will for you. He doesn't create a family and then his will be, well, let there be chaos in that family and tension and strife and dissension and all. That's not his will, right? So why is there tension? Because we, there's a mind renewal that has to happen. Yeah. We come into the family of God, but we've got our natural family that's taught us for however many years to interact with family. And we all have dysfunction in our family, every single one of us. Yeah. So we all have to learn this way of love. But there is this place of belonging. And your relationships 
they will be deeply impacted by what you believe, right? Everything about your life actually flows from your beliefs. Even the apostle, uh, the apostle Paul says in Romans that as an apostle, he's, he is talking to us so we can believe and obey. Romans even, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, faith and works. There's this belief that produces a behavior. And your belief about where you belong will impact the relationships that are in your life. Every part about your outward behavior is determined by your inner belief. Okay, so if you don't really get a hold of this very simple truth that you belong to the family of God, and not just in this like universal abstract way, but in the biblical way of like, not just the universal body of Christ that's mentioned in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 4, but the very practical local body of 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14, being able to love people, right? Like to be able to love, you actually have to have real relationships with people. So not just in this abstract, like I'm a part of the body because I believe, but no, you're a part of the body because you're actually around people, committed to people. So if you don't believe that you belong in relationships with people, then you will continually act out of that belief and sabotage your relationships. So how do we, when we all have these beliefs, right, that can hinder the way we impact others, except Jesus. He said in John 17 that the enemy was coming, but he had no place in him. Nothing, in one translation it says, nothing in common with him. So Jesus, in his inner man, he had complete truth. This is what the psalmist desired in Psalm 86. He says, let there be truth in the inner parts of my being. Because any area of your life where you're believing or agreeing with a lie is a foothold for the warfare. And that warfare doesn't just impact you, it impacts the relationships that you're a part of. This is Lauren's message at Women's Ramp, right? Saul's belief of insignificance stripped him of the kingdom. His belief impacted his behavior that impacted his destiny. So you've got to believe that you belong in a local body and a part of the body of Christ. And once you believe that, because God's word says that, then you can really start to see and recognize and experience that. So we are a part of each other. Look around this room. Even just search your heart. Do you want to be here? I mean, Jesus came up and he, he rocked up in the, in the, when he's talking about John the Baptist and he starts talking, you know, he says up to the crowd, he says, who did you come out to see? And he kept, keeps asking them, who did you come out to see? Did you come out to see this? Did you come out to see this? He's, he was a prophet. You missed him because you came out to see something different. And look around this room. Why are you here? My prayer is that you can stir up a desire to live the life that God has made available to you. That you can want what he wants for your life. That you can believe what he says about your life. So you can experience that sweet fruit, restoration, redemption reconciliation that he's made possible for us but a lot of the work it hinges on us being willing to do the work about what we believe about us and the people of God and that is another reason why we have this character another characteristic of the family of God is not just belonging but it's we're here to equip each other in that mind renewal process 
Romans 12, being transformed by the renewal of our mind. Ephesians 4, we're equipping each other for the purposes of God, for the work of the ministry. We're called and then we're equipped. And we're equipped in process while we're living for Jesus. You don't come to the altar and get some kind of special download and figure it all out and then get to go out into the world and do the ministry. No, you're equipped by the saints, with the saints, for the work of the ministry. And all this community, it's not just what we're providing here. We're wanting to provide a space as pastors for you to connect with God, to connect with each other, and connect with the purposes of God. But we can only provide opportunity right? It's up to you. You're an adult. You're free will. We provide opportunities. And then by the grace of God and you leaning in in hunger, you get to embark in these new adventures of reconciliation and restoration and redemption that God has for us all. So we're here to equip each other for the work of the ministry and all these relationships and all this community. Again, it's not just so that we have friends as glorious and as wonderful as that is, it's family, so there's purpose in this family. It's not just so we all get along and we, we have fun time together, right? You are called to this city for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God. You are put in a body for the work of the ministry. You're equipped, not just so you can know a lot and feel powerful and feel anointed. You're equipped for the work that four-letter four level word, right? The work of the ministry. And if you're seeking fulfillment in relationships and community, but trying to leave off the work in the ministry, you won't feel fulfilled in your community. Because community was designed by God to be relational, but also to do the work of God. It's both. So we're equipping each other. And what we're doing here in Ramp Church is we're, trying, we're providing these spaces. Lord, help us to connect to you, connect to each other, connect to your purpose. Help us grow in our ability to learn to love you and do your work. But again, you've got to, we've got to all, we have to, as in this room, as if we're a part, as if we are a part of one body, right? One mind, one purpose. We've all got to be passionate about community and the work of the ministry. We've got to all buy into God's plan and design. And we all have to be brave and show up for our present life. Because you're in a moment right now. Right now you have opportunity, new relationships. Many of you are new. And you're taking everything you've learned from your past, everything that the Lord has done in you, honoring all those places where God's equipped you, and you're coming in with all of that wealth of wisdom, and you're saying, Lord, I'm here fully present now, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, Lord, just let me be a part of what you're doing here in this city. I remember when we first moved to Scotland, I was um, just so grieving the loss you know, of friends and community and and I remember one night I went to sleep and in the dream I had this, um, this dream where I was on the phone with my best friend and I was just talking, talking, talking on the phone. And in the dream, this, this girl who I knew represented the Holy Spirit in this dream. And she walks up and she's up in the room right there in person. But I am like so on the phone with my friend that I'm ignoring the Holy Spirit present right there. I woke up from the dream and it was very clear to me, Stacy, live your life right now. Get off the phone with your past and invest in your present. 
And some of you are in a new church and all you can think about is your old church. And you're in new relationships and all you can think about are your old relationships. And you're in a new place and all you can think about is the old place. And you're missing the present that you're in right now. The opportunity, the relationships. And so let's just all, if we're going to, I love what James says. James, our friend of Lateran. <laughs> if you're going to be here, be here. Be here. Call yourself, body, soul, and spirit, to be in this moment that you are in. And if you're going to be in this moment, it's not going to be perfect. And there's going to be all sorts of things that are going to grow all of us up into maturity. So like it says in Ephesians 4, what's the purpose of this gathering? What's the purpose of us being together in relationship? Each of us doing our own part. It's so we're healthy and we're growing and we're full of love. And that means we're committed and connected to each other. So this equipping, it's happening. We're having these mind renewals, right? And we're learning these things that we've believed in the past and these triggers and all these things, they come out in the context of relationships, right? I mean, let's be real. It's in relationships where the buttons get pushed. And when you push those buttons, when the button gets pushed, you have to ask, okay, why did I act that way? Not why did they act that way? Why did I act that way? and dig down into what belief is attached to that reaction. What fear, what insecurity, what lie is the enemy trying to drive into my heart right now? And do the work, again, belonging and equipping and mind renewing. Are you guys all right? I mean, if we're here, let's do this right. At least let's try. <laughs> And let's go deeper. I don't want to just, I know you don't either. You're in this room on a Sunday. You don't, you don't want to just do the motions. You want to grow. When you want to produce fruit, fruit comes from pruning. Fruit comes from maturity, right? Fruit comes because the tree is in the ground for a long time and the roots have gone deep. Fruit comes because of those things. So let's be a fruitful, unified body. That we believe, we take ownership and responsibility for our beliefs about the church, about the people of God, about our involvement and engagement, about our mission together in this city. And we grow in love and affection and desire to be that people Jesus died to enable us be, to become. Amen? All right, so belonging. Let's, let's be a people we believe that we belong here. We believe that we have mind renewal. We've got a process of growth and we're here to be equipped, to equip each other and to equip. And then another thing that really, to me, the third thing that ties into even why it's important to be in a local body with a local people that you see and are accountable to is because the church and each other, we're here to hold each other to account. Wherever there's a commitment and wherever there's commands, there needs to be accountability. I mean, we're all human, right? If I can't, I can't think of one area of commitment and commandment that I don't need a community of people reminding me and keeping me, holding me to account. How are you doing with that? Nobody likes that. Nobody enjoys it. But it's what's necessary for growth. 
But you don't go to a school without any, but you don't put your kids, you know, I, this, this is what I think of, okay? When you, when you think, oh, well, I'm gonna learn, but you know, I'm not gonna go to school, I'm not gonna take my kids to school, they're just gonna be like freelance learners, like just here, there, and everywhere. We would, we would all be like, no, that's not a good idea, right? There needs to be a commitment. There needs to be accountability. For any area of growth, you wanna grow in your career, you wanna grow in your sporting ability, you wanna grow in your finances, you wanna grow, and we easily accept that. But then we get into the church space and we hear the word accountability and we somehow think that's optional for our growth. Wow. That accountability can, can work in any other area, but if anybody wants to encourage me or exhort me or challenge me, like what Joe said, use that nutrient of challenge, it's optional. Then it's optional. But we need accountability because Jesus instituted accountability. And this is why you need to have a local body. Because people need to be able to, you know, Stephen Furtick's not going to look on that YouTube screen and ask you how your sex life is. I mean, he may ask, but you can't answer. What are you going to just say? You're going to tell him the answer and think that. And this is what's so funny about accountability because I've worked with young people and I've been accountable to, I still am accountable to people. But in accountable, in accountable relationships, you bring what's hidden to the light. So I was working with this one young person and she was talking to me about her relationship. Or this was just a chat at a conference. I wasn't her pastor. And she said, you know, she was sleeping around. And, but I said, well, are you accountable to anybody? And she said, yeah, I'm accountable to my youth pastor. I said, well, do they know you're sleeping together? And she goes, no. And I was like, that's you missing the point. The point is in accountability, you bring the ugly stuff to the light. And then the people that are looking in the light and say, okay, that's okay. We're, we've all been there. We can know. We can navigate. Let's find a way out. There is a way out of temptation. Let's find it together. So Jesus says in Matthew verse 18, uh, chapter 18, starting in verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you will have gained your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If they refuse to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. And that, just that one phrase, tell it to the church. Who's your church? Who are you going to tell? <laughs> and then even in, in Hebrews 13, verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them for they're keeping watch over your souls. Who are your leaders? Who are you submitted to? This is, I'm not trying to be harsh or, or scary. I'm just trying to align expectations. If you have different expectations of what it means to be in the family of God, then wherever that gap is between your expectations and what God's expecting, something's going to fill that gap. And it's often disappointment. So if we align our expectations with what God expects and intends for us, then we can experience more of the joy that he's ordained for us. But we have got lots of different backgrounds, lots of different, we all come with our experiences. So we have to calibrate what community and church life means to us according to the word and will of God. And the word and will of God says this is a place of belonging for those who believe in Jesus, who hear and obey his word. That there is a growth process that we're all on, that we're going to hold each other to account so we can grow and be fruitful for his glory. And then we're going to encourage each other. 
Because commitment and commands, it also needs encouragement. We need real life stories of how people are doing this that inspire us. We need to be able to receive prayer. We need to be able to share when things are hard and feel the burden begin to lift. I love what this says in Hebrews 13, verse 17, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 3. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. There's that commitment to Christ, and we need to encourage one another daily in that commitment to Christ. And you know what? This is the beautiful thing about the family of God. I think the family of God, the people of God, that we should be the most encouraging, hope-filled people. That doesn't mean we don't have lows and that we don't have struggles, but it means our baseline, the anchor for our souls, is we have this eternal hope. And because our hope is rooted in the person of Christ, then we have this source of encouragement that is otherworldly. And it's not just that we're blind and that we're, you know, ignorant and we're denying the suffering. No, it's we're very rooted in the suffering, but very rooted in the glory as well. So we can encourage each other because just like Paul said in 2 Corinthians, the God of all comfort, he comforts us in our suffering so then we can comfort others. And we all need encouragement. And even over this next community season, I just want us to believe and have faith for encouragement to just get hooked up like IVs to people. That we are called to be a unified body and that we can do that. Even though we're coming from very different backgrounds and very different places and there are, there are wounds and there are things we're scared of and there are things we're uncertain of, but we still belong in the midst of all that imperfection, in the midst of all that uncertainty. We're the people of God here on earth, the family of God. Jesus, our elder brother, Holy Spirit in us, God, our father, not abandoned us as orphans, but he's come to us. And so now this rewiring of our brain of how to love how to encourage it just takes sometimes just the start of a simple yes yes i'm going to live the life that you put before me yes god i'm going to wake up to my present and by your grace i'm going to lean in in love now, every choice to love is a step towards god every every step towards relationship is a step that christ took and we're just following in those footsteps no greater love than any man than this, Jesus said, that he laid down his life for his friends. This is the life that we're called to. This is where the peace and the joy, they exist in that suffering of beautiful, glorious relationship with God and his people doing the work of God. Hallelujah. Well, I think I'm going to have the band come up right now. And I want us to just explore in our own hearts. I hear when I was praying for you guys this morning, I even heard in Genesis 16, where the Lord appears to Hagar in the desert. And he says, the angel of the Lord appears and he says, Hagar, 
where have you come from and where are you going? And I just feel like the Lord's asking us, okay, like you're here in this room. What are you doing here? It's Jesus when he was looking at the, the crowd and he says, what did you come out to see? Some of you came back to church just to see church not work for you. You had the expectation, you've been so influenced by family members and their view of church that you're just waiting for it to all crash in. So how do we get to the bottom of our beliefs and make sure there's truth in the inner parts? And how do we live the fruitful life of relationship? I think first it's just this commitment, this yes, God, yes to what you've designed. Yes to that, in the glory and the suffering. Yes to your people. Yes to my present, be me being present in that place with you, with your body. Not just to hang out there, but to do your work. To accomplish this commission, this task that we've been called to. And Ramp Church, I just want you to close your eyes all over this room. And I want you to just see right now, Jesus looking to us his disciples saying to us the same entrusting to us the same thing he entrusted those disciples with go preach the gospel teach be my ambassador be be my representative bring my kingdom heal the sick raise the dead cast out demons freely you've received freely give this is what we've been asked to do by him this is why we are here together the family of God to release the glory of God and the purpose of God here through all these avenues of our lives. And just even as your eyes are closed, I just want you to see your vision going higher. It's going higher than your personal preference. The purposes of God are going above your style, above your experience, above your past, above what you've been there, done that. And the Lord's just all, he's bringing us higher to say yes to the moment that we're in. Lord, we just desire that we could be even more effective and fruitful in loving with all our heart. And like it says in Hebrews, just to keep loving, to keep loving.